Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Costa Rica Real Estate and Investments. I'm your host, Richard Bexon. Today, we're going to be talking with Dina Tachlak. Dina is uh, the top realtor and one of the owners of the two Costa Rica real estate franchise in Papagayo. If you guys remember, we actually spoke to Scott, who was actually our first uh, ever podcast. Uh, Scott's the owner of two Costa Rica real estate uh, down in Mamon Antonio. Dina worked with him basically for many, many years and then basically went up to Papagayo and set up the first franchise in that area for two Costa Rica real estate. So we're going to be talking about opportunities in the area of the Papagayo. That's Playa del Coco, Playa Hermosa. Ocatau, and also around those areas of where the Four Seasons and the Andas is. Uh, this is an area of the re, you know, region of Costa Rica that's been growing steadily over the years. We're also going to touch on the subjects of transfer tax and also property tax, HOAs, uh, and also you know, water electricity costs there. So you guys can get an idea of kind of what are some of the holding costs here in Costa Rica. They're very low on some aspects. So um, anyway, Remember, if you have any questions that you want me to ask future guests or get future guests on to cover, uh, please feel free to put them in the comments or email me. My email address is Richard, R-I-C-H-A-R-D, at Costa Rica REIT. That's Costa Rica REIT, R-E-I-T.com. So that's Richard at Costa Rica REIT.com. And remember, guys, to subscribe. Uh, we usually get about one or two podcasts out a week. So let's get straight into it. Dina, how are you doing today? Very good. Thank you. How are you? Very, very good. I very much appreciate you taking the time to join us here. Well, thank you very much for having me. Awesome. Well, I know, uh, Dina, I mean, I gave the intro already, but I mean, you've basically lived in Costa Rica most of your life, kind of between the Costa Rica and U.S., correct? That's correct. In San Jose's um, was my upbringing. I went to elementary and high school, and then I went away for college and then came back and really went straight to Manuel Antonio. Wow. And then from there... Um, you know, moved up north here to Papagayo, um, purchased the franchise, and it's the first branch here in Guanacaste. So, congratulations, yeah. congratulations! No, I mean, I know, I know, again, you guys do a great job all over the country, and um, I know, I mean, I, I'm sure it helps you having that perspective of Mamel Antonio, and then also kind of being bring that up to Papagayo as well, because I mean, it's you know, they're two very, I would say, mature, but they're not that mature, you know, kind of destinations when it comes to real estate. So. Well, it is. It's actually very, it's been an interesting, um, you know, because obviously being brought up here, I, I was very familiar with Guanacaste, but living in, um, you know, the Central Pacific and, the, and especially going down south, I have a very good perception and a very good grip on real estate in, in that market. So coming up here, it was very interesting, not only discovering so many like cool places and, and things that I already knew existed, but then like amplified by, you know, 100 with all the, the nooks and crannies that there are to find here in Guanacaste. So that part has been super exciting. And, um, you know, of course, the, the comparison is very similar. The process is exactly the same. So, you know, the, the process of closing, looking at properties and so forth. So it's been really exciting. It's been really neat to be able to add this area to um, the spectrum of offerings and things to see here. Awesome. Well, Dina, as I mean, as we said, I mean, you've been in Costa Rica, you know, all of your life, but I mean, and I mean, I'm sure you've seen some interesting things I can only imagine. Um, but I mean, what have you seen recently that surprised you? Well, I think I think like everyone has been um, the way that the market just frankly took off in the United States. And um, like you know, and maybe a lot of your viewers don't know, but usually we're right behind whatever happens in the U.S. And, and that goes kind of across the board. 
So we knew that it, it was coming and the, you know, the interest rates dropping and it's just been really, um, you know, a, a, a real buying frenzy, people buying things sight unseen. Um, and really it's been something spectacular to see, you know, I mean, across the board from seeing not only agents, brokers, but architects busy, construction companies busy, the municipalities busy, um, escrows busy. I mean, just everything. It's like the whole industry is really, um, you know, just in full force right now. And so it's exciting, but, um, you know, I've never seen it before. So it's very good neat. for you guys. Good for you guys. I mean, again, I know that, you know, when we closed the borders down here from March to November, it was pretty tough for everybody. So it's, it's nice to, nice to see that pent up demand coming. So, I mean, a lot of the listeners that are, that are listening on to this, maybe have been to Costa Rica, maybe they haven't, they've seen some areas. I mean, the area of Papagayo, um, I mean, you, you know, is kind of, I mean, it's that northern part, I suppose, from Ocotal, Playa de Coco, Playa Hermosa, kind of all around that Papagayo Peninsula, where if for anyone that's not listening is where the Four Seasons is and as, you know, where potentially one and only resorts where Ritz-Carlton's kind of going into as well. So, um, you know, it's a, it's a very prosperous area because a lot, they Costa Rica really designated that area as, you know, this is where the larger resorts are going. Um, but I mean, describe to our listeners kind of, you know, what you think is the benefit of living in that area and also what types of people you'll find in the area. Well, I think, I think that's um, a, a great question because it is true. You know, there, there's something here for everyone. I think that it was um, pre-planned to be a destination because of its vastness um, and also for the multitude of beaches and, and what you can do in the Gulf and, um, you know, from scuba diving to um, sailing. I mean, it's just something that it's a very much water-oriented area. Um, I think that also with the planification of having the international airport being here is just huge because anyone, you know, I was just actually just telling my neighbors, I had just got back yesterday from California and, you know, I left at 11 a.m. and I'm literally walking in my front door at 6.30 p.m., you know, and it's like, oh my gosh, like, you know, it just makes life so easy. So I saw my neighbors were cracking up because it's the first time I've, I've actually grown out of Iberia. And they were saying that that's the only reason they bought, you know, was because it's a 30 minute drive to an international airport and they can, you know, be in no time to see family and friends and, and what have you. So I think, I think that's one of many anchors, but that seems to be a big pull. Um, in this area also, there are plenty of, of schools, uh, bilingual schools, which is very important, especially in this area. There's um, a new large school called La Paz that's, that's extending, that actually has a branch a little farther south from here. And all of that is very positive for the area because that's really what families in general look for and um, is, you know, healthcare, schooling. And, and so I think that the healthcare part, we have very well centered. We have the um, airport and now the school system's coming in. And it just seems like everywhere in Costa Rica, all those pieces of the puzzle um, just kind of organically grow yep. with the influx of, of people coming to the area. Well, I, I mean, it's interesting that you, you know, I know the area very, very well, uh, as you're aware, you know, Plaza del Coco, we, we developed that eight bedroom luxury villa that we've got up there up in the hills. It's for sale for anyone that's listening, but um, <laughs> the, the realtor actually for it as well, just in case I should probably disclose that. Um, but, you know, 
Yeah, exactly. Um, but, you know, I love Plaza del Coco just from the point of view, you know, and that, and that area just because of the infrastructure as well. You know, it has the Ultimacado, which is kind of one of Costa Rica's best, you know, supermarkets. The Price Mart, which is our Costco, is right there by the airport, like 30 minutes away. You know, we have airports. Um, you know, it's, it's got great restaurants. I mean, it, it really is a great location for, I think, for somebody that it's incredible because here in Coco, there's like over 70 restaurants. And, yep. and to me, that's just amazing because you could eat something different every day. Um, go see a sunset in all different areas. Uh, and so I think I think that's where you still have the lazy town feel, like the fisherman feel. Yep. You can really walk easy everywhere, bike ride. And, and I think people really like that. And that also Guanacaste, again, is still very spacious. So you have everything a lot outdoors and, and going back to COVID, I think that's really what people are looking for. And, and one of the interesting things that I'll just mention real quickly, like pre-COVID, people were always very interested in the ROIs of a property. What was that return on their investment and how much were they going to be able to rent and what were they going to make in the use at a few years or a few weeks out of the year? That's actually changed. Like people want to know, you know, how how many homes can I get on this piece of land? And 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 they're looking for space and and openness and and actually finding that they can work here because there's fiber optic, great internet, and so that's a huge pull because now they can see, well, I can work here a couple of months or half the year or even a full year and just go back every other week or something like that or once a month or once every six months. So. There's definitely a shift on how people are actually looking at Costa Rica as well, like looking at it more as a, not just a second vacation home, but either a, their full-time home yep. or definitely a part-time, you know, half-half. Well, and I, I think the area, the whole area of Papagayo has, it has a great inventory as well of properties, uh, everything for everyone, you know, I mean, it, it's, it's one of the very few locations where you can get something nice for, you know, $250,000, yeah. you know? or even $300,000, you know, you can get something decent. Whereas in some of the more, you know, build up, I say build up, but I mean, just for listeners to understand, I mean, Costa Rica is not build up really of any of the beach towns. Uh, I mean, compared to other areas like Mexico, Hawaii, I mean, Costa Rica is very rural. I mean, you can drive down the coastline here and not see houses for like 15, 20 minutes, you know, on the beach, you can not see any, you know, things. So I, I just want to make that clear to people. Of Costa Rica is still really underdeveloped. You know, even though we talk about, you know, the area of Papagayo being more of a developed area, there's still a lot of green space. Um, but yeah, but I, I mean, Dina, what's selling at the moment or is just everything selling? Is there more people buying condos, more people buying houses, more people buying land? Well, you know, up, up here, um, because again, condos aren't what people think in the States, like in Miami Beach, where you have these giant condominium buildings. In this area, the condominiums, you know, are, are, are mainly like three, four stories. And so, um, and, and a lot of the condominiums here, especially in Coco, are walking distance to the beach. So those are always popular for um, single people, retired people, um, couples, and um, that's always, always a, a kind of a hot bread and butter item. Then um, we definitely have the families that are starting to come, which is something that I feel is, is something that's, that's newer in the amount of families coming. And so I find that that's very like an interesting niche because that's one of the niches where we're weak. Like, you know, we need more family, single family homes. Yep. And um, I believe those are coming because, you know, basically all of us know that's what we need. And so yes. um, that's kind of like getting kicked into gear. 
And then, of course, there are people that are, you know, if they can't find a home, they are doing a lot in building their homes. And, um, you know, a lot of people get nervous about that. So it's more the people that feel more comfortable with that. So, you know, it's really all across the board. And interestingly enough, this year has been crazy with um, like bigger companies coming in looking for hotels, you know, so it, it's also something that like it, it's it's cyclical, but this is this is the cycle, you know, because for the past three years, you could go knocking on everyone's door and it was rare that you were going to be able to get like a hotel sale. So it, it, it's really kind of like a, a, an interesting market from the outside looking in. And right now, I think, again, everyone's so busy, you're just kind of running with it as it comes yep. and not being much thought as the demands there. Yeah. Well, you know, I always ask on, on this podcast for listeners or, you know, to email in stuff that, you know, questions and, and, and stuff. So we just had a question came in and I know you and I were discussing it beforehand, just about taxes a little bit. Yeah. Well, we were talking about transfer taxes. I mean, when you when you purchase something here, you know, what is the you know transfer tax that people would be looking at? Uh, what is that amount? Because there is closing costs kind of all in, you know, and I think all in, you know, with, I suppose, um, you know, lawyers fees, um, uh, escrow, you know, transfer taxes, we're probably talking what, four to 5% of the overall amount? Yeah, I would say, you know, 4% is is solid, you know, like, um, I think like a lot of people by, by saying five, you're kind of giving that little extra cushion and walking away with no surprises. But, you know, when, when at a 4% is is a safe rule of thumb yep. to, to go by. And that that's, that's what I tell my clients. Yep. And because the transfer tax is 1.5%, then you've got escrow fees, lawyers fees, you know, stamps, all, all this kind of stuff. So, but they were asking really about the transfer tax. So transfer tax here, if I had a property and I was transferring it to you, Dina, uh, it would cost 1.5% of the of the value of the correct. property, correct? Correct. And all those costs, just so that, you know, the, the listeners know, um, are fixed prices. So it's not like if you use attorney A and attorney B, you'll get two different mm -hmm. prices. Like it's just a standard um, um, rate that they, that's set by the government, and so um, yeah, it, it's not. It doesn't fluctuate much from place to place. So that's I think I think the thing I'm I always love to see people's face at Dina is when they ask the question, "What is property tax in Costa Rica?" and you respond to it because people are usually expecting probably higher amounts than it is. But if I'm correct here in Costa Rica, property tax is 0.25 percent, meaning that. If you buy something for $100,000, your yearly property tax is $250. That's correct. And, and actually, I was telling a client that once, and um, literally, he stopped me. He goes, I, I think, he tells me, because I really think you're wrong on that. Because I, I think you really should double check on that because that just doesn't sound right. And so it is a real shocker for people when they actually kind of like grasp it. it it's actually quite, quite um, a relief because people don't really talk about it. And it is a big deal. You know, yep. it is a big deal because it is right. very, very inexpensive. Yeah, I mean, the holding, the holding, I mean, taxes are, are very low here. I mean, it's it's great. I mean, water, I pay nothing. I mean, water is very inexpensive in Costa Rica, you know, because we have an abundance of it. I mean, I think I spend about $4 a month on water, but I'm here in the Central Valley, so it's a little bit cheaper. But I mean, still even out at the beaches, I mean, how much are you paying for water, would you say? Oh, no, I pay, I pay something ridiculous. It's like literally like maybe um, $15 every, you know, three months or something like that. It's very, very inexpensive. I think here, one of the things that I do mention to, to clients is here, it's really the electrical that, that will catch people by surprise, but really it's relatively very similar if you're doing what you do with, at your home and 
you know, turn off everything when you leave, turn it on when you come home and literally kind of operate the same way that you do in the States. It's very similar to the U.S. Um, crisis. Here where people really get kind of like knocked over is when they leave the ACs running all day or in rentals yep. if they don't have a system in place. And, um, and that's just, you know, talking to your local agent broker or people that, that do management. And um, most places are very good in guiding clients that way. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I always tell people, I mean, you've got you to keep an eye on your HOA fees as well, because again, depending yeah. on what your goals are, you know, HOA fees can be anything from, well, nothing right up to thousands of dollars. But, um, you know, I mean, typically, again, when the HOA fees are higher, the place usually looks pretty spectacular. Like I know Pacificor's HOA are what, anywhere from like four to $700. Yeah. Um, but I mean, the place looks brand new every single time, you know, if you go into it, yeah. you know, and the gardens are beautiful. It really is, you know, like, I mean, when, when I do look like comparison and it's true, you know, cause I've seen places that charge just as much as Pacifico and you're kind of like wondering what's happening here. And when you see really, so it's really not so much what you're paying or how much you're paying, but if it's, if it's checking off all your needs and wants and that's being met, I think is more important. Um, but yeah, you, you have some um, really great HOA groups in a lot of places here. Most places, I'd say, in Guanacaste are very HOA oriented. And um, with that does come a release of headache for a lot of those um, little things that you just don't know what to do or how to take care of. And I think that is uh, um, quite comforting for a lot of people coming down that are used to that in the States or, or don't want to deal with it, you know, or know how or, or yep. stuff. So. Well, because I mean, normally a homeowners association will probably what hire like an administrator, like in a, for the whole project. I mean, is that typical? I mean, I have it here in my condominium. You know, we, we have an administrator that comes in like twice a week, but she handles all the books. She handles all the gardening stuff. Like it's not handled by us. I know that some, a, a, a friend told me the other day that they lost that person. And then basically the owners had to kind of form a board in order to get that, you know, going, but you know, and it's a lot of moving parts. Oh my goodness. Well, yeah. yes, a a HOAs are usually, yeah, like they'll, they'll be in some HOAs are um, like the one actually like in Manuel Antonio where I believe in there, the HOA was made up of the residents. Yep. Um, in the case for Pacifico, which I would say would be on the other extreme is very, um, very corporate, right? So you do get your reports and updates and emails. As a matter of fact, I just got an email today um, that they're finishing the um, tennis courts and pickleball courts and they'll be done by next month. So, you know, you get things that are giving you newsletters and gatherings to the last dime and, and what, of what's being spent to basically board meetings twice a year and, and you'll hear about it at the meeting, you know, kind of thing. But um, it, is, it is also very, I, I, I will say, because a lot of people will get a little bit um, skeptical about the HOAs, but HOAs are also regulated by the government and they also have to pay taxes and have to report. So um, to avoid any Yahoo just saying they want an HOA because they want an HOA. So um, mo most HOAs are, are very legally set up and, and, and legit. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, a lot of people are looking to invest in Costa Rica at the moment. And I mean, I know this is a pretty broad question, but what advice would you give to people potentially looking to invest in Costa Rican real estate? Um, that's, that's a great question because right now, due to what we were talking about earlier about real estate being on fire, there's, there's different pockets in Costa Rica that are hotter than others. 
I would, um, you know, one is to make sure that the person does their homework and, and also gets to know Costa Rica, you know, like, I mean, you don't have to love where you invest, but get to know what's moving. And, and honestly, this area that we're in right now, I feel is like just right. And not just because I'm here, but because, you know, I see what's happening down in, in the Southern Pacific area in Malpais and Santa Teresa, what the prices have done. And I feel still here and you feel it creeping up. You feel Conchavo, Domingo, Putrero, and everyone has their, um, you know, pots, but I feel that Coco and Hermosa and Ocotal and so forth in this area is still very, you, you mentioned it, very reasonably priced. You can still yep. get um, good lot sizes, um, very, you know, complete homes. Like it's not, it's not something that, that is, is that you're buying less of, of a product. So I find um, really that this area in, and being that even that it's closer to the airport and, and what have you. So it's interesting because I have no doubt that we are on fire as, as it is and, and we are not quite running out of inventory. And I think that that's a big difference in other parts of the country as well is because Guanacaste and especially Coco and Hermosa and, and Ocotal and so forth um, has a little bit more inventory because of it's just a more mature area. And um, when you get into the Malpais and Santa Teresa or Flamingo, it's up and coming, but a lot of their inventory is, is um, yeah. you know, gone, so. Well, I mean, I mean, you talked there that, again, there's not tons of inventory in some of those areas, but I mean, in the area where you are at at the moment, if you're a developer or someone looking to build something or flip something or something, you know, where do you believe the gap in the real estate market is at the moment? Where do you think someone should focus? Um, if, if, if I had to advise someone, I'd say get a lot and build a single family home. And, yep. and um, I think that there's, there's a real large opportunity in that market, not only just to build, but to really, um, because, of, and again, I, I love this topic. I think that it's really interesting in this, in this area because of reasons in the past that there, there was a, a gap where there wasn't much building going on. And um, a lot of those problems have been resolved, water, what have you. And um, so there's a lot of new building coming up. And I think that that's really exciting for people coming in new because they can actually bring in a, a really, um, I, I want to say not modern, but, but a real new feel to this yeah. market. And I think not only would it be um, refreshing, but it's just a, 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 an add to the mix because um, it's wide open for that. And so even though there's there's a gap in the market for single family homes, I think there's also a very exciting opportunity to bring in a whole new look or, or feel um, because it's just it's just the time. And so I think that there's a lot of great architects and builders out there and, and decorators and there's there's quite a few areas and lots that can be developed right now. And I think that it's a great opportunity. And that, that's what I would do. Like I do see like a lot of just beautiful views and, and I can just see where my living room would be in the bedroom. <laughs> and and that, that part I love as well, you know, the project. Well, the last question I love to ask, I love to ask everyone uh, is if you inherited $500,000 and you had to invest it into a business or real estate in Costa Rica, you know, what would you do with it and why Dina? Um, well, I think I, I kind of answered that, that my own question with the last I, I, one. I yeah. think um, if I had that, if I had that money, I, I would buy a lot and, and build a single family home. 
or, you know, and, and probably do something in that area because I know for sure it would be a, um, an e not an easy sale, but something that just is needed in the area. But also I think that if someone was looking just for a good solid investment would be in condominiums because you could pick up easily two beautiful condominiums fully furnished and, and have a, the money work for you. Because again, being so close to the airport and having so much stuff to do in this area um, you know, is, is really a, an attraction. And that's something that I've grown to really appreciate since I've lived here is being so close to Rincón de la Vieja, Arenal, and no matter, I mean, you know, the blue rivers and, and the hot baths. And I mean, it's like literally all in the backyard besides yeah. the sailing and the scuba diving and, and, and the endless amount of beaches. And, and so I think that it's, it's very, it's some, a place that um, just, by being where it's at, we'll always have feeders uh, in the tourism industry. So I think that that's kind of a, really a win-win a, a there. I think that's, 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 that's great input. Well, Dina, we'll not take up any much more of your time because I'm sure that you guys are closing like crazy. I know that you are. Uh, so every time I, I speak to someone, they're just like, Rich, I can't talk at the moment. I've got five closings happening today, you know? So yeah, it's been pretty crazy, but really appreciate your time and also the input. And as I think I said uh, on in the entries, if anybody would like to see any future topics um, or would actually like to get into contact with Dina, I will put all of her contact details in the description so you can reach out to her personally. Well, thank you so much, Richard. No, it's been a pleasure. Thanks very much, Dina. You have a great day. All right, you too. Bye. Bye-bye.